Hello and welcome to the Going Long Podcast for week four of the NFL. Uh, the season's a quarter of the way through, but don't worry if you've missed it. We're going to recap the season so far, as well as the usual reviews and previews. First, Callum, any news this week? Uh, some news this week, not as much as usual because we uh, recorded most recently on Friday and it's now only Tuesday, so really the most noteworthy thing that's happened is the games that are actually being played. Um, I would say biggest piece of news this week is me successfully catching my bus to get here on time. I had to run. Mm, well, I hope you've not been left too breathless by that and you still have an hour of chatting to do with me. I always have an hour of chatting <laughs> left over. It had gone past the window when I left the shop. Wow. And I still made it. Jesus. So, anyway... In actual NFL news now, um, the probably the biggest piece of news over the last few days is Vontez Burfecht, the Raiders mm. linebacker and former Bengals linebacker, uh, being suspended for the season for a helmet-to-helmet hit in the Colts game. Uh, Colts tight end, his name escapes me, had basically gone to ground already and Vontez came in, lowered the head, head first, took him out, was penalised in the game and then due to his history of those kind of hits... Mm has been suspended for the year. He's forever getting fined for uh, illegal hits. or he's Always. His he's, he's, name's always in the news for stuff like that, isn't it? So he, while, like you said before recording, uh, it might be harsh for like one incident, it is probably warranted at this point. Yeah. Uh, the, the one hit on its own, if anyone else did it, they would be penalised and fined and they'd be back next week. But there's been so many incidents of this happening with Vontez that this is the only thing they can do. Mm. He was suspended last year for five weeks for the same offence, um, which was appealed down to three weeks. So it's not impossible at this point that he will be back this year. Yeah. He might get appealed down. But it looks to me so far like they're going to try and make the example and keep him out for the year. Yep. Uh, what else has been happening? Next piece of news, let's go from one former Bengal to one soon-to-be former Bengal. Uh, AJ Green, the wide receiver, the megastar wide receiver for the Bengals, who has not played a snap so far this year after an ankle injury in training camp. Um, the Bengals lost last night, this being Tuesday, to the Steelers in Pittsburgh uh, badly, 27-3. to They're now 0-4. This looks like a lost season for them, and the rumours now swirling are that they're going to try and get whatever they can for AJ Green. It's been a real shame for AJ Green when when he and Dalton, I think it was the same draft they came into the Bengals, or certainly the same year. Quite possibly. I seem to I associate them together anyway. I don't remember Definitely. him catching passes from anyone else, but AJ Green has constantly been a top five, top six wide receiver in yeah, the league. Yeah, wherever you want to number yeah, him, he's definitely in the, in the top yeah, yeah, and uh, he's the Bengals for a while. They were making they made the playoffs a couple of times that. Uh, Game with the Steelers where Perfect had a couple of bad hits, yes. obviously uh, included. But uh, since then, really not been getting the the wins for his talent. He's been the sole shining light of a proper bad team in recent years. They've been really bad, and uh, interesting now to see where he would go. I should say he's not officially on the trade block, and mm. I obviously don't have any sources. But this is kind of the talk that why they will be looking to move him mm. um, when it came up a couple of weeks ago like pre-season people were when he got hurt people were talking about potentially trading him a big name that kept coming up was New Orleans mm. which I think would be fascinating if we could get Michael Thomas and, and AJ Green on the same team who's the number one receiver in that team <laughs> Michael Thomas is the number one receiver in that team for sure but AJ as a number so, two would be an AJ without monster. double coverage I can't even imagine I know um Reason being, I mean, there's lots of teams that would have interest, but the Saints have shown consistently in recent years they are constantly willing to trade high draft picks in order to make win-now moves. Mm. They are one of the few teams that appreciates exactly what their timetable is and are willing to go for it to get it uh, to maximise that window. Yeah, They know that they need to do this when Drew Brees is still around. Drew Brees should have more than one significant playoff run by now, I think. You would think, so... <laughs> With AJ Green on his team, I would not yes, bet against him. Yes, exactly. Um, other pieces of news, I have two left. First of all, Bradley Chubb, the pass rusher for the Broncos, who until this week had not got any sacks so far this season, has unfortunately uh, torn his ACL. He tore it late in the game against Jacksonville. Mm. With the game on the line in the fourth quarter, he stayed in with his torn ACL and got that strip sack on Gardner yeah. Minshew, the Jaguars quarterback, which would have iced the game for Denver if they could have recovered it, but Minshew managed to pick up his own fumble and actually complete a pass on that play. <laughs> no idea how that happened. But um, what a moment that would have been if he had saved the game on his torn ACL. 
so obviously we won't be seeing him again this year, but uh, a great young pass rushing talent. That's a shame because the Broncos have been struggling for a pass rush, even with the talent that they had. So yeah. the last thing they needed was losing a big name like Chubb. Yeah, it's not going to be good for them. Um, and lastly, really, I think the one that I'm most excited to talk about. So the Bears at the weekend played against the Vikings. Mitch Trubisky goes out in the first quarter. It looks like he's going to miss some significant time. Not out for the season, but we're talking weeks instead of days here. Yep. Um, they pull out the win anyway. Pretty dominating win over yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. They were up 16-0 for the entire game. Mm. And then the Vikings got a touchdown back at the end. Who have been, yeah, Vikings who have been playing well through first yes, three weeks of the season. Yes, playing very well. Yeah. It was a big win in the division. They don't take second place behind the Packers. Um, the really newsworthy thing here is that Khalil Mack, their superstar defensive player, was interviewed after the game uh, and asked something along the lines of, how does it feel, big win in the division, blah, blah, blah. And when trying to get across the opinion that it's great, but they can't celebrate too hard because there's a long way to go, do you know the quote that he gave? I have not heard it, no. I'm going to give it to you now, okay. and we're going to talk for 10 minutes about <laughs> what it actually means. He said, A dog that poop fast... Don't poop for long. <laughs> what, what does that a mean? A dog that poop fast don't poop for long. I mean... So it's meant, to, <laughs> it's meant to reflect the fact that they are not just over-celebrating one big win, that they are focused on a, a, a bigger goal. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with Khalil Mack about, <laughs> about any sort of nomenclature because he would eat me alive, but I've never heard that saying before. I'm quite... I'm excited Taking to bring it into that. my life. <laughs> a dog that poop fast, don't poop for long. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, okay. Uh, okay that'll that. do us for news, I think. That's my most newsworthy moment of the week. <laughs> so next we're going to take a look at the games from Sunday night and Monday night. Yes, just quickly run over some uh, some ones that are worth talking about. Uh, what Do you, you want to go first? Do you yeah, the sure. Uh, the Thursday night game, uh, first game of the week, was... Maybe the game of the week and get with the Philadelphia Eagles taking Great on the, the Packers. Uh, it was ended 34-27 to the Eagles with them scoring a fourth quarter touchdown when it was tied. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a huge game, threw for over 400 yards. Uh, Devante Adams in the first half was unguardable. He's a monster. He, he, like every pass that was caught, it was like Adams, Adams, Adams. It was, yeah. Have, Devante Adams had a huge he game. Had- 10 receptions for 180 yards. Yeah, in a loss, which is a shame. Wentz, Wentz threw, he didn't have the ball. As, uh, Greenby had the massive share of the ball throughout the game, but yeah. uh, he made it count with three touchdown passes, over, only threw for 150 yards as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Very impressive. Yeah, it was impressive from Wentz. He, he dug it out when it mattered. Uh, Packers lose their first game of the year. They still look real good. Philadelphia have been weird, losing some games they should win and then coming out and beating the Packers. It's... Yep. It's all very bizarre. Um, so who, what game did you want to talk about? I already kind of went over it there. Um, I think Bears-Vikings mm. is highly notable. Uh, we're talking about the Packers already. This is a very, very tough division. The Vikings are currently in fourth place after a loss to the Bears. Um, major point is, I was watching this game. Mitch Trubisky goes out on like the fifth snap and is backed up by, I think this really makes the point, that I can't even remember what his name is. He played a little bit last year when Mitch was hurt. Their backup did a phenomenal job. The offense kind of came alive when he got in there, and he really stepped up to the plate. I'm not saying he's better, but all the talk has been Mitch Trubisky is really not impressing people in Chicago, and neither he should be. He needs to watch out if a backup can come in and kind of light up. The thing about Mitch Trubisky is, is... He's no. He's never pretended to be an elite talent. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he had that game last year where he threw six touchdown passes or something it's ridiculous. So weird. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's been dining out off that for a long time. But yeah, he's not like the Bears aren't going to be looking at Trubisky like, oh, this is our quarterback for the next ten years. Yeah. If they were, that's a very, not very forward thinking move. So yeah, I think that might show to the front office, the head coach, that mm, maybe we should look somewhere else. Not, not maybe not yeah. that backup. But. It's so hard to make the decision that to move on from uh, number two overall pick yeah. in the third year of his rookie deal, who you traded up. Remember, they traded up one spot from three to two. Yeah, and to gave get up Mitch. a lot of value to do that to get Mitch Trubisky with guys like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes still very much on the board. Mm. To cut bait with him now is like such an admission of defeat. I can't imagine that they'll move on from him, but I would be tempted. Mm, yeah. 
again, not suggesting it should be too... I think it's Matt Barkley, the backup. Played great. And uh, I don't know. If, if they start winning some games with this guy, Mitch needs to watch out. Mm, no, for sure. And it's just such a great defensive team that as long as oh, they can put up like 16 absolutely points absolutely <laughs> sensational defensive yes, team yeah. seriously incredible they're the one team that could lose their starting quarterback and you're like no nope, it'll be fine one of the biggest <laughs> losers of this week and of this season so far has to be Vic Fangio the head coach of the Denver Broncos mm. the defensive coordinator of the Bears last year who were incredible on defense which was why you predicted Denver to be absolutely highly touted he then goes to Denver to coach a ve- an already very strong defense bringing all his blitz schemes and everything I thought it was going to be a perfect marriage Denver looks like crap on defense and on offense but that's beside the point and the Bears just <laughs> and the Bears defense is still rolling so yeah, maybe it was never along. Vic Fangio at all no it's not, maybe sometimes it is just the talent sometimes it is <laughs> uh, yeah that was a game that I actually watched in full this week, so I thought it was worth talking about. Right, from a close divisional rivalry to a game in which they couldn't stop scoring, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to LA to face the Los Angeles Rams. Right. And spanked them. <laughs> Absolutely spanked them. It ended up being close, but they... Yeah, they... They, they killed them. Stretched out to a massive lead. It ended 55-40. Yep. So dumb. 55-40. 55-40. Congratulations to you if you bet on the over for points. <laughs> and I don't even know what it was, but it was definitely not 95. 95 points, no. That was a truly ridiculous game. Uh, a great game from... Uh, a very interesting game from Jared Goff, as you pointed out to me. Yeah, so Jared Goff had probably the biggest stat line of the year. And I'm talking about... Even at the end of the year, this will probably be the biggest <laughs> stat line of the year. I don't really. I didn't watch this game. I only saw the highlights, so you don't really get the impression of how much is going on. Jared Goff had forty-five completed passes on sixty-eight attempts for five hundred and seventeen yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. That's like three three games yeah. worth of Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> That's what happens when you go behind, though. You you're, thro- you're throwing the ball. You can't you can't get it to they throw went it early down big as much. Early, they went yeah. down twenty-one nothing, and then kind of made some noise and put made the. Buccaneers fans sweat a bit mm. um, but it ended on a, a strip sack fumble uh, by as we were saying shout out for to Chris Chris Godwin who oh, uh, huge game had uh, 172 yards and two touchdowns in that yep. game to knock yep. off the Rams which is interesting because last week we talked about a Buccaneers receiver getting close to 200 yards but but it was Mike Evans. It was Mike Evans, yeah, who did both. have 86 yards in this game or something. But Those that, two on the same team is actually scary. Yeah, they yeah. just need a reasonable quarterback in there, and they're off to the races. Yeah, it really, really is. Very impressive team. Uh, team win. Really good. The defense were all over the Rams. Yeah. Obviously, they scored 40 points, so they can't be that <laughs> all over them. But they were suffocating them in the early going. Yeah, the, the, the game, the game was win. more out of sight than the 15-point gap really shows. And then Ndamukong Sue, the former Ram, makes the play at the end. Well, he didn't get the strip, but he picks it up at like the 50-yard line with a minute to go. Yeah. And who knew he had such wheels? He's like the biggest <laughs> guy I've ever seen. He was leaving guys in his dust. I to love to see a big boy pick up the ball like nothing that. Nothing more fun. Absolutely <laughs> nothing more fun. Um, let me see. What do I want to talk about next? Oh, I think worth mentioning the Sunday night football game was uh, great, but not the high scoring affair you might have expected Dallas Cowboys go into New Orleans to face the Saints yeah what what happened here it was 12-10 12-10 to New uh, Orleans I yes should say four <laughs> field goals for the Saints uh, Teddy Bridgewater again a very steady hand mm. backing up Drew Brees um, they just killed them on defence the, the Saints couldn't really move the ball as illustrated by the fact they only scored four field goals but the Cowboys, other than one drive on which they got a touchdown, were just absolute nothing. Yeah, Zero. I, th- I think I think Elliott rushed for thirty-five yards, which has got to be one of the lowest totals I can remember him getting. Oh, for sure. So um, they couldn't run the ball. Dak Prescott. They couldn't protect Dak, which was weird. Yeah. They're usually, yeah, their, usually their offensive line is their go-to. I don't know what happened. Protection is their jam, but they they couldn't keep him upright. It was crazy. So it's interesting that the Saints have gone two and zero since Drew Brees' the uh, injury because. My worry was they were going to be outside of the running for their division by the time this happened. No, but they're right. Really, in the thick of it. yeah. Like, I mean, those like they could lose the next four, and Drew Brees could still come back and make the playoffs. Yeah, they're th- so let's let's play this out. So they're three and one now. At worst case scenario, if they lose the next four, they're three and five. 
they're still well within range of a wild card whatever the Falcons are doing the Falcons are out of it in my opinion yeah Panthers are showing Panthers up. have won two in a row mm. with their backup quarterback Kyle Allen but who knows you know at least they're in the same boat as the Saints yeah they can be expected to win roughly the same number of games at the best mm. and Tampa Bay who who knows what they are anymore two and two with like the most night and day performances I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah this division just is an expo- wide open. Explosive offense in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and t- Tampa Bay. You've not been talking about them making the playoffs for. I don't. I don't remember them being a playoff team. No, <laughs> not at all. So uh, yeah, that division surprisingly open. Uh, do you have another game you want to hit? I have one more. Um, you go. You go. I'll go. Uh, I've just lost it. Oh, I want to talk about. In my opinion. The game of the weekend, even though it didn't really live up to the Oh, hype. yes, your, uh, uh, your Bills-Patriots week yeah. four bout. The huge game. The Patriots expected to roll over the Bills like they've rolled over everybody else, despite the fact that the Bills were actually 3-0 and at the time. Great game. 16-10 to the Patriots. Josh Allen gets hurt midway through. The backup is in. It was all going on. It was a really impressive performance by the Bills' defense. Oh, Tom Brady looked lost. Under 50% completions and and an interception at the goal line in the first half. Yeah, no, uh, definitely showing that the Patriots aren't infallible as they've seemed at times this season. Definitely not. I thought they were... Um, I actually think Sean McDermott, the Bills' coach, is a great coach, but I thought they were slightly let down in the coaching department. Mm. Uh, there came a time in the third quarter where all they really had to do was just run that ball and they put the game in Josh Allen's hands, I thought it was a mistake. They, the Patriots are not afraid of Josh Allen. No, nor should they be. Nor should they <laughs> be, but they, they were really making some things happen when they had it all move and Frank Gore was running the ball. Mm, old man Frank. Old man Frank, who, now that we've come to the end of uh, talking about these games and since he's come up organically, I might as well out it now. My MVP of the week. Ah. Frank Gore. Yeah. Unbelievable career. This is a career achievement MVP of the week. With a 40-some-yard breakout run in the second quarter, he becomes only the fourth player in NFL history and maybe the last one ever to go over 15,000 rushing yards on his career. Wow. Absolutely (laughs) incredible. Yeah, with the way the league's changing, that's actually not a bad shout from you. It's really... I mean, Adrian Peterson's like 2,000 yards off of it and then the next guy's at 9,000 or something. Mm. It's really not easy to get that kind of yardage anymore. Uh, he does it with 17 carries, 109 yards on the on the day. But really the important thing here is the career achievement. It's absolutely sensational. For a guy who, back in college, tore his ACL two years in a row, was expected to be a talent that got plagued by injuries and never made it to the league, fights his way in. You remember him from all those great years with the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Just racking up yards. He's 36 years old, which is like six years past the expiry date for I'm, his position. I'm pretty sure his son plays in college or something. That's that's, that's the level yes. we're at. <laughs> his son plays in college and goes to his like professional running back training camps yeah, in yeah. the summer. So we'll see Gore Sr. and Gore Jr. in the same league at some point. <laughs> can only hope. It'll be even more fun than LeBron and LeBron Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, do you have an MVP of the week? Uh, my MVP of the week's already been mentioned as well as Chris Godwin with his 172 yard two touchdown performance to knock yeah. off the Rams. They were underdogs and they went a in. Huge cup, game for a couple of long touchdowns as well. So yeah he, yeah, he he gets it for me. He's very nice player, very very good. Um, honestly, it's just a shame about Jameis Winston being his quarterback. Yeah, that that, that really is a shame. Sorry, Jameis. I know. I feel like we bash on him after he has good games. We just have to remind ourselves all the time that just because he has a good game does not mean he's a good quarterback. <laughs> very, very true. Right. So last week we introduced a segment. We did. Let's talk about. You brought up the horrible coaching you've seen around the NFL. So it's my yes. turn this week, and I thought it's quite a complex subject, but it's one that's been becoming ever more prominent and it's star players holding out at the end of their contracts for a new deal interesting at the start of training camp this year uh, Zeke Michael Thomas Melvin Gordon Yannick Nagaku and Trent Williams all didn't turn up for training camp last year you had Bell uh, and Errol Thomas it's, it's, it's rampant big throughout name the players yeah big name players holding out and obviously your immediate reaction is oh they're going to miss those those players but what I want to talk about is what effect does it have on the team? What effect does it have on the player? And is it sometimes a detriment to... Either or both. Either or both, yeah. It can happen. Can it, uh, so, essentially, Bell didn't get the value he was looking for from the Steelers at the Jets the next year. 
Not at all. He, he didn't. He didn't get even close to the value. He missed out on all of his game day pay from last year. Yep. Uh, he is now in a worse position than he was before he left uh, in terms of team. He's on a much worse, much team. worse team. With now, the Steelers are also terrible this year, but that's just a bit of unfortunate injury yeah, and all the rest. Yeah, exactly. And you can look at it. Uh, I mean, Michael Thomas and Melvin Gordon have both managed to come to agreement with their teams since uh, since they held out this year. Yeah. And I think that is going to be the trend because the next man up mentality of some of these teams, when Bell was out, it was James Conner. Uh, there's just... Melvin staying out this year and got replaced on his Chargers yeah. team by... Um, God, what's his name? Eckler, Eckler Austin, yeah, Eckler, Austin Eckler, who yes. immediately comes in and starts playing like a starting running back. It's exactly. So you can pretty- really make yourself look silly. So you've got you've got to be very careful. And it's also, I mean, it's probably quite naive of us as a fan to say because obviously these players don't think they're getting paid their value. They see similar level stars in their eyes yeah. getting these big contracts, and they want one as well. But in my opinion, you've signed a contract. Stick out with the team till the end. Request a trade at the end. Don't hold out and don't yep. don't not turn up to practice because that's disrupting the whole team and it's making the coaches look like they don't have authority over you and it's just it's disrespectful in my opinion. It's tough, man, because it's it's fair pay for fair labor, isn't it? It's a it's a magnified version of the same thing that happens to everyone all the time. Yes. If you at your job, I work in a shop. Mm-hmm. If I felt I was being paid. Uh, less than other people in in my team at work who did less than me, I would have an issue with it. But if I had signed a contract, knowing what all those people were being paid, if I had signed to work for however much I get paid, which is not enough, just in case anyone's listening. Yes. Uh, I guess I would be required to work that out. I couldn't hold out or I would just be fired. Yeah, exactly. And the... The thing, I, I understand that, especially with running backs, who seem to be the uh, prime targets for this at the moment. Yes. But it's because, it's, the, it's because the, their the careers can be is... so short. So that extra year of being on a, on a worse deal can really affect you because in two years you could be injured, your body yep. could be worn down. So running backs are just trying to cash out. But And I, 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 do, I do get it. But the thing is, you've got to also take into account your value to your organisation. They paid Todd Gurley through the nose. He's the highest paid running back in the league and Ezekiel Elliott hold out this year because he's like I'm as good as him I believe yep. that and he is as important to the Dallas Cowboys as Todd Gurley is to the Los Angeles Rams absolutely but, but Melvin Gordon is not the main he wasn't the main component of that offense he didn't catch as many balls as Gurley as Zeke he's I just think you really need to know because you could be putting yourself in a worse situation and he did by yeah, the way he didn't, he, get, he didn't get what he asked for he came Mel- crawling back Melvin Gordon has returned to the team on a much lesser contract. For pretty much what he was offered before he didn't turn up. Yeah, exactly. It really did not work for him. I think this is kind of a lesson both in contract holdouts and also just in players like understanding their Their value. stardom. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really embarrassing for guys when it doesn't work out. The Le'Veon Bell thing is interesting as well because ultimately he's ending up with less dollars than he would have because he held out for an entire year, which I think is... The Steelers really took a lot of heat for it, but they stood their ground. They they just said, nope, this is your value. This is what we're going to pay you. He refused, sits out for an entire year of get, not getting paid at all, and then signs for a slightly bigger contract than he was offered by the Steelers, but not enough to make up for the last year of game the, checks. The thing is with Bell, is also a lot about guaranteed money. He has more guaranteed money at the Jets than he did at the Steelers. The, Steelers, the Steelers weren't willing to pay him. A lot, NFL contracts are complicated in that someone was always going to pay Bell but the question was when like in which yeah, year he yeah. gets paid uh, and how much of that is guaranteed if he gets injured or doesn't his stats drop down So, which at his position is highly likely yes exactly so that was one that was one of the re- that's one of the reasons why he would have held out but as, as I said for him he's got slightly more guaranteed money but if he was looking to try and win in the playoffs this really hasn't been a great move for him and he's not made the stupid money he was asking for no, not not at all, really. Um, but yeah, that's my sort of rant over about players. Yeah, holdouts are put, complicated. Putting themselves man. before there's their a, team. There's a lot going on there. Um, and I think it will just constantly come up at the start of every year. Now, I think it now, is going to continue to happen. Yeah. Well, because Ezekiel Elliott, right? We're we're getting sucked back in. Yeah. Right, let's keep going. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott's holdout was unprecedented in holdout history because he held out despite the fact he had two years left yeah. on his contract instead of just one. 
guys hold out if they've got one year left, meaning I'm not going to play in this contract mm. year unless you extend me for after it. He held out for, even though he's got two years left, meaning if the Cowboys didn't fold, which they did, like we all knew they would because Jerry Jones loves paying people. And I would pay Zeke. So, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm very much like running back. Running back committee. I don't really <laughs> yeah, I know. Put anyone back there behind a good offensive line and I think yeah. you're on your way. Yeah. Um, topic for another time. Zeke, theoretically, if they hadn't buckled, would have had to sit out for two years in his prime. And he was threatening to do it. I know. So where does this lead us? Like, if it... A great example would be a quarterback. A quarterback just will get paid if they just say, you know what, I don't care. I'm not coming unless you pay me. Yeah, at a certain level. That destroys the whole team for the season. Mm. So they will need to pay those guys. Yeah, and it's really... But it's player power. uh, And it's becoming a lot more player power than owner power. And it's just how public these things are made. Because as soon as it happens, it's reported... There's quotes taken out of context from both sides. And they really... Players turn... Like, you saw it with Bell. Players... And Errol Thomas. Players turn against their teams. Players, because of the negotiations themselves. Bell had many good years at the Steelers. He was, like, the best back in the league for maybe two years when he could stay healthy. And it's... Like, his relationship with the Steelers was kind of ruined for a while. He's sort of been okay now. He's reached out to the fans and said, oh, like, I appreciate everything you've done for me. But at the time, it really felt like he hated the organisation. And the fans that loved him started to hate him. And it's... Right. It really creates kind of a bad dynamic between player and owner. Or player and team. Yeah, it's definitely not good for your rep. But eventually, if it gets you paid more money, then more power to you. Yeah. As much as I have all these different opinions on these things, I do always eventually come back to... You're playing a sport that will literally take years off your life. Mm. If you think that you're worth more, and if you think you can get that... You might as well try. Go for it. I, As a huge Steelers fan, as we've mentioned before, I don't really bear any grudges to Le'Veon Bell. No. I think it was stupid what he did. But if he thought he could get more money, I think he's right to do it. Anyone on any team is. Uh, maximise your dollars, because you don't know how long they're going to last. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I do agree that the players are putting their bodies on the line and they should get paid what they want. But if this continues and it's so many stars every year, I think teams are going to start saying, no, sit out. Yeah, it's going to happen. Because the demands will get higher and higher and it's just going to be, no, sit out, we'll get somebody else to do it who wants to play in this league for whatever he can get. Do you know? Well, you kind of just saw it, even though they restructured his contract, it was to a term that they wanted. The Chargers didn't really blink. They waited for Melvin yeah. Gordon to come back. They, I think they would have just quite happily let him set out for the season. Uh, the major difference there is that the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, is like the, he's just in love with giving people big contracts. It makes him mm. so happy. Whereas the Chargers owner is notoriously one of the cheapest owners mm. in the league. So it's going to depend on the team and the player. There's a lot of variables, but I think you're right. This Zeke, is going to end up Zeke, with some Zeke real has, Zeke has the level of stardom to hold out as well because like, I don't know how much he brings to the Cowboys in marketing, in jersey sales, in so being much. the face. Do you know what I mean? Like He just has that star power that Melvin Gordon is not going to get. When is no. Melvin Gordon going to like sell out? Like, is Philip Rivers jerseys that are buying? <laughs> I mean, they can't even sell out the stadium no matter who's on the team. Yeah, so. exactly. So, like know your limits Zeke knew they were going to keep him because he is the Dallas Cowboys like really like from a PR standpoint he really yeah, is pretty much yeah. him and Dak as a duo yeah, yeah. or the, how the they fan, sell yeah, it yeah the fans wouldn't stand, stand for it so yeah also be smart about it Melvin Gordon yeah <laughs> come on man I think that's a good maybe place to wrap up yeah just think about it yeah just, just wa- think about it just watch yourself on the TV and think how much how much would I pay that guy <laughs> yeah take yourself out of it and think yeah if, uh, I'm, if I was watching some other guy with that number and that jersey, then... Let's move on. Let's talk about some of the games coming up this week. Yes. Uh, we're just going to hit on a couple of ones that you should definitely be watching if you get a chance. First thing I want to ask you is, when was it decided that all the good games should be on Thursday night and all the terrible games should, should be on Monday? Monday? I know. <laughs> I know. How did this happen? It used to be somewhat of the opposite. Monday Night Football was a huge thing. So last week, as in the week that we've just discussed, we have Philly Green Bay Green at Bay. Philadelphia on Thursday night. And on Monday night, we have, much as I uh, did enjoy the watching the drubbing that we gave the Bengals, yes. we have Cincinnati at 
Pittsburgh, two zero and three teams going at it. Not that they would have known that when the schedule was set. Mm. But this week we have one of the games of the week, in my opinion, the Rams at the Seahawks. A huge mm, NFC West that is battle. A huge game. That is a huge game. Winner is going to be the top of the division. Mm. Yeah, but, like, and I will come. We'll circle back to talk about that in a minute. But the Monday night game is Cleveland at San Francisco. Who cares about that? I think that'll be a good game. Wow. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, Rams at Seahawks is huge. Yeah, uh, quickly just looking through, there's probably something I'm missing. Chiefs Colts. To me, it's gonna the be game a big of the one. Week. Chiefs Colts is a big deal as well. Fair enough. But yeah, I had Chiefs Colts. Uh, I mean, we have the Steelers Ravens, and I've put it in there because let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's go Steelers. Let's, let's go win Steelers. this division. Uh, a huge game coming up for the Steelers um, to keep this season alive. They won last night over the. Uh, really dominated the Bengals which they should uh, with a much better looking offensive approach yeah they've they, got the second year quarterback Mason Rudolph taking over from Ben Roth letting him stretch out a bit very much so and a lot of wildcat they had mm. seven wildcat snaps to the backup running back Jalen Samuels which was great yeah a lot of those uh, what do they call them it's like a reverse but it counts as a pass because the receiver crosses in front of the quarterback and he just throws it oh, forwards yeah, like yeah. a foot so it technically counts as a pass a lot of things going on really to help him spread the field and then when it, the when the shot was there he took it he had like a 41 yarder to Deontay Johnson so we're really just thinking that um, it was the extra week to game plan for Mason when you knew he was there rather than the four so. days or whatever they had from I complained. Injury. I complained in our last episode about his performance in the 49ers game not entirely being down to him and being down to the fact that they didn't really game plan for the quarterback they have now yeah he was, he was trying to play Ben's system which as you pointed out quite rightly I think was due to the fact that they only had a limited amount of time to deal with that this time they have a long week Sunday all the way through to Monday last night very impressed with what I saw now unfortunately we have a short week again we the defence giving up three points that defence is looking better and better every week every week uh, the Ravens at this point a little bit of a wobble from them. If, if two they, and two. If they were to somehow lose um, the Steelers, the sort of plaudits that they were getting weeks one and two, maybe would there would start to be a bit of questions over that. For sure. I mean, they're already. Some people are already questioning them after. Uh, sorry, did we mention that game? They lost to the Browns. What was it? Forty. Forty to eighteen. Forty to eighteen. It was quite a. The, their defense really isn't as strong as it should be. They let a lot of people go last oh, year. I made that up. Forty to twenty-five. I forgot. Forty I forgot to twenty-five. Yeah, <laughs> forty to twenty-five. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Uh, the Ravens. Ravens defense. The Ravens defense. Last year they lost a lot of uh, good talent from last year. I mean they had Suggs. They had uh, Zach. No, what was his name? Uh, Whatever his name was. Whatever his name was. Yeah, basically... Tell us his position. Uh, he's their, their middle linebacker. Yes. They lost a middle linebacker from last year, and they've lost a lot of keys. Uh, Smith. Yes. Went to the Packers. Yes. One of the Smiths. Yes. Zadarius Smith. Zadarius. I knew it was a, a Z. That's what I had in my head. I was like, it's a Z. Uh, yeah, Zadarius Smith, sorry. Uh, and he... Uh, so he's left. They've lost Terrell Suggs, who was a huge part of their uh, defense. Mm-hmm. They picked up Errol Thomas, but they've really... In that game last night, they did not look good. No. They didn't really trouble the Browns, who have been troubled this year, so it's not as if they can't be got to. So now they find themselves in a weird position where they're 2-2, two and two, same as the Browns, so the Browns are currently leading them on the tiebreak. Mm-hmm. They're going into Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, who look a lot better now. Mm. Um, not saying that the Steelers are going to win that game, but should they, they'll move to second place behind the Browns and the, the Ravens will be... Yes, in third. In third. Despite looking great weeks one and two. And three. And I've lost to the Wouldn't Chiefs. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be... That's, that's what we're all hoping for, really. So, yeah, watch the Ravens-Steelers game as well. The, the thing is, my major takeaway is on the Ravens. I do believe... I believe in Lamar Jackson. I think this this team is actually good. But it's got to be said, they played two bad teams and two good teams. Yeah. And they're two and two. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just that middle-of-the-road team that we kind of thought they were going to be going into the season. Maybe they're what we thought we were going to... We always thought... We didn't think the Ravens are going to go 14-2. and two. We thought the Ravens are going to be fun to watch, and I cannot say they aren't. They're very fun to they're, watch. They're incredibly fun to watch. we thought they were going to push for a wild card. Yeah, exactly. Is, maybe that's more their lane. Maybe it's a case of 
a, a, the quarter point of the season is a good time to kind of reset expectations. Yes. Because you watch the first couple of games, you get very excited about a couple of teams. Then they let you down again. And then you have no idea what to think about them. This is a perfect example. They're 500. They can go anywhere from here. I think now we're going to find out what they're really going to be in the long run. Uh, any other games from this week that you wanted to look forward to, or shall we move on? Uh, we bri- Very briefly, we mentioned the fact uh, the Colts are going oh. to play the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are straight past Detroit this week. <laughs> really straight yeah. past them, and a, a great game. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the Lions, what's going on here? I don't know. Like, uh, well, I, I plan to speak about the Lions a bit later on, so we'll maybe, not, maybe not blow my load yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Lions t- lost by two points to the Chiefs. Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown pass for the first time in however many games he was pushing for the record. Yeah, in his whole career, I think. Yeah. That had not happened. Yeah, so Um, the first time he didn't throw a touchdown pass, they still sneaked out with the win. So a lot did. Which, by the way, is a mark of a good team. I don't don't criticise them too heavily. The Lions, first of all, might be a lot better than we thought. And second of all, you don't have to blow out everyone. There's going to be nights where you're just not on it as a team. You've got to if win the close If you can still ones. get out of there with yeah, a win, that's just that, a great match That's like a uh, cliche in almost every sort of sports. Is, uh, yeah. you got to win. If you're going to be a championship team, you got to win the close ones. It, yeah. Win the ones where you're playing bad. That's you, the mark exactly. of a championship team. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess the final one I want to mention, we're probably missing a couple of things here. We're doing this pretty on the fly. Um, big game, it feels like. Packers going into into Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. Mm. Um, this could be a fun one for starters. There's a lot of history between these teams. Uh, the infamous Des Bryant non-catch in the playoffs. Yes, yes. Um, then when the Cowboys were whatever they were in the first year of Dak and Zeke, thirteen and three, the Packers mm. went into Dallas and knocked them out in the first game in the playoffs. Yeah. There's a lot of of very unhappy history here the Cowboys are really going to want this one mm, and the cow- especially after last week the Cowboys need to bounce back at home yeah, very much so it was not an impressive performance for them in, in New Orleans so they need to kind of get this thing back on track mm. quickly yeah um, I'm, I'm expecting a great game there actually I'm expecting a lot of yardage made yardage games yes I would imagine <laughs> so, although two really good defences yeah. two, two very good offences mm. but I don't know, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Someone, it's going to be one of those, um, I don't know if it'll be high scoring or low scoring, but it's going to be a who has the ball last kind oh, of a yeah. game. Why isn't every Aaron Rodgers game that? Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's usually him. Yeah, so. it's usually him. Uh, so, as I said at the top, we plan to do a sort of quarterly review. Uh, we might do this halfway through and three quarters through, or we might not. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this one goes. But uh, we've decided to look at who've been the best team so far, the most surprising team, the most disappointing team, the worst team. It's the Dolphins. Just full disclosure, we're not really going to talk about that. We're not even going to do that now. We've (laughs) we've talked about it already. The Dolphins are the worst team. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're gonna we're not yeah we're not talking about the Dolphins every week, and uh, we're gonna look at some of the best rookies, some of the stats leaders, and just generally have a a wee natter. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about worst team. I saw a great tweet. Uh, this week as the Redskins were getting annihilated by the Giants uh, that said the only difference between the Dolphins and the Redskins is that the Redskins aren't doing this on purpose (laughs) (laughs) which I actually think is a fair point yeah yeah, yeah. no that that is true the tank is real it's very real so let's we start with the best team who who did you have it's so much more fun to talk about the best three four games I'm finding it difficult to not go for the reigning champions, the New England Patriots. It's the Patriots. It's the Patriots. The Patriots are the best team. Yeah. I hate them. I hate that they're the best team. They're like the best I've seen them in ten years. Yeah, yeah. like la- last the last two years, I think they've had a rough sort of start where we've kind of been like, "Oh, is Tom Brady done?" And then he comes back and has a great year. Yeah. But that's not happened this year. <laughs> He's just having a great year. It's so. Just a, a phenomenal start from him. Uh, in terms of yardage and that kind of thing as usual you won't find him in your top 10s but he's just keeping that thing moving man they move the chains like nothing I've ever seen they really really look almost impossible to beat any team that goes in there is going to have to be on top of their game my only point would be the Bills gave them all they wanted Mm. at the weekend and the Bills are by far the best team they've played so far they've had a really easy schedule and mm. somehow they're playing Washington next week mm. this schedule do- and then the, Gi- the Giants this schedule does not get hard until like week 9 yeah. and then we're really going to find out what we're dealing with in the Patriots mm. but for now they have been 
absolutely dominant. Through the first three weeks, their point differential was like plus 97. Yeah. They've, and they hadn't given up a touchdown. Yeah, and they shut out Miami and almost shut out... Uh, who did they the play week three? Team. Yeah, the next team they played almost shut the them Jets. out. Yeah, the Jets. The Jets, the Darnoldless Jets. We'll have to put that in. Yeah. So, yeah, we it remains to be seen how they perform against other playoff teams. But, yeah, they look scary. They're very scary. The scariest thing is this might be the best defence Bill Belichick's ever had. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. They have so much talent on both sides of the ball they've they've really I mean you can one team that could lose an Antonio Brown and not break a sweat (laughs) the thing is the only the chink in the armour right now is the offensive line is falling to pieces Mm. now their offensive line coach uh, Skarnekia great name is one of the great coaches in the history of the NFL. He constantly churns out high-level talent, but now they're down to like their seventh and eighth offensive linemen mm. filling in gaps. Guys are getting to Brady like they haven't before. He looked very rushed and very out of out of rhythm on uh, Sunday. Yeah, against, yeah, against the Bills, he really did. He was, he was, and that's always been the way to beat Tom is hit him, hit him hard and hit him often. Always. Yeah, it's like, like it's. You're not going to beat him if you don't have him on his ass at least five times during the game. Like, whether that's five sacks, no. It's probably uh, some sort of delayed hits, but yeah. I mean, all that being said, there's also the fact that their defence has seven interceptions. Shall we just, for fun, pretend the Patriots aren't the best team and talk about who else is up there? That would be much more fun. (laughs) I'm just looking, by the way, just before we get off talking about the Patriots. Yes. Do you know that the... First and second leading players in terms of interceptions are both Patriots. <laughs> I didn't know that. Devin McCourty has yeah, I know. four, one per game so far. Uh, and Jamie Collins, who they got back this year, mm. is on three, which is just incredible. Good for them. Good for the Patriots. I, I mean, know. They, they, maybe that's they deserve my angle it, don't this they? year. Yeah, they really deserve <laughs> They've had a hard run. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Let's talk about other teams that are also good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about my main man Paddy Mahomes you love Paddy <laughs> Paddy like the well the Chiefs essentially I just love the Chiefs the fact that Tyreek Hill potentially returning oh I forgot about that actually <laughs> they've been they beat, the, they beat the Ravens who now we've agreed they might not be as good as we thought they were good game but yeah in a, in a great game uh, without Tyreek Kill without their star receiver. Yeah. They've had two receivers go like 150 yards receiving without Tyreek Hill. I really think offensively they've got Travis Kelsey over the middle, not even factoring that in. They've got... Like, they're just insane. And Mahomes is not lit up one bit since last year, since his MVP season. He's not, not He's not even... I just don't see him not going in the Hall of Fame if he stays healthy. He fits it into <laughs> windows like nothing I've ever seen. We, I mean, we talk about him every week. There's only so much we can say about him now. Did you see the play where... While the play was still going, he turned his head all the way around to look at the referee who was behind him, checked that he had thrown a flag, nodded, and then carried on. Yeah. With the play. <laughs> yeah. How is he doing stuff I like know, this? It's insane. It's, it, it reminds me, if I will bring another sport in, of when Steph Curry just had that breakout year and he was just putting in threes yeah. from 30 feet out constantly. It's like we've not seen that before. It's like a new kind of yeah, player. The, well, the amazing <laughs> thing is. Mahomes was like that last year yeah. and then to keep going with that analogy what happened the next year was Steph won his second MVP yes. and it was unanimous yeah and I, I believe that might be the case again not unanimous I don't think these that... guys are actually they're on a very similar trajectory yeah they, re- they really are yeah I think it's and it's just the it's just watching there's just something about them that's something yeah. special that you've just not because we all spend the whole summer after that first Steph Curry breakout mm. going well he can't do it again yeah. he'll be really good next year but he won't be that good yeah. and then he turned out to be better yeah so and that's that's looking like it's going to be the case. Mahomes, uh, so far leading the league in passing yards, unsurprisingly, he's over fifteen hundred in four games, which is very impressive. Yeah, uh, he's, I don't think he's been under three hundred yet. So, no. <laughs> uh, who else? Who else is good? Who else do we like? Uh, I'm big into the Packers. Uh, I like. Mm, I yeah. think the Packers are real good. Mm. Um, Devontae Adams is so good. I I I really didn't realize how good. I think, <laughs> like, I mean, of coming up in, into the, this year. The fact of the matter is, 
Uh, well, that's a point. I think he's, most people didn't realise, and he's mad about it. Yeah, <laughs> he got a big uh, ass chip on his shoulder for sure. The Packers are three and one, and the amazing thing about it is, Aaron Rodgers is hardly even the reason why. Mm, that was very true. The defense, the receivers, Jimmy Graham having a great year at tight end, the protection's been good. Everything is good on that team, plus the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers. It's yeah. not just him carrying the team like they usually do. Yeah, he's uh, he's went from this interesting uh, dynamic of last year when the narrative was just like there was nothing around Rodgers. Yeah. Like, similar to what the Colts did for a lot. They just were like, okay, maybe the last three years we've been like, you're so good we can get through without actually building a great team around you. But they've really made huge steps really quickly in improving both sides of the ball. And Devante Adams with more help as really, I think, because they were just blanket covering him last year. I think that was maybe one of the reasons why... Yeah. Uh, he kind of went under, he under went, the radar. Yeah, in terms of, like, proper stars, because I believe he's, he's on his way to becoming that. So... A big thing has been Aaron Rodgers kind of not getting the hottest start to the season. Arguably, the point would be he didn't play a single snap in the preseason. So this first month of the year has kind of been his preseason. Yeah. It's, an, it's an all-new offense with a new coach. The terrifying thing is to think that this performance at the weekend there, which was 34 for 53, 422 yards and two touchdowns, that might be him getting a grip of it now. And they're already 3-1. and one. Yeah. No, that yeah. Now was the time to beat the Packers. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even think about his that this being his preseason. That's a an excellent point. I, I yeah. I like, he's just now kind of tuned up into like season form. But they could easily come third in their division, as oh, as well. <laughs> easily, but I just don't think they will. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I'm I'm with you on that. With you on the Packers. Uh, shall we look at some surprisingly good teams? Yeah, I think we're good there because I think to me. Patriots, Chiefs, Packers in that order might be the best teams in the league. Yeah. Saints with Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, Can't speak on them yet, but Saints I mean, when, they have, when they have Drew Brees back it, are also extreme. The, the Rams will come good, I think, as well. Yeah, we'll get to them in a minute. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about, yeah, like surprise teams that have taken us kind of by surprise in how well they played. As we've uh, mentioned the last few weeks, the Detroit Lions have come out and won games that they shouldn't win. Every week on this podcast, I've said, this won't last. Yeah. Bet against them. All the rest, carry on. Yeah, exactly. But they've they've come out. They've gave the Chiefs a real game, who we've just talked about as the best team, the the first real game they've had. Uh, oh yeah. This year and probably the tail end of last year. They gave them everything they yeah. wanted and a little bit more. Mm, yeah, precisely. And uh, yeah, I think it's interesting because no one saw this coming. Like no. the Lions were in there with the Dolphins. It's like oh. They're, it's a write-off. They're not. They've. They're out. But they. They opened the season with a tie, after surrendering an 18-point lead to uh, Kyler Murray making his first yes. start. Yes. Which was just the most Lionsy thing I've ever seen, and no. I just thought uh, that they, was. I, us. Bet, I bet they really, really want that win back. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, math. Like their their talent hasn't. <clears throat> they they don't have any huge stars, which is maybe why it's happened. But just. Good coaching. Matt Stafford's finding his receivers, and yeah, they really troubled the Chiefs defensively as well. I mean, the, I mean, Mahomes had a huge game, but he always has a huge game. Always, uh, yeah. Matt Stafford was great in that game. I, I feel like three hundred yards, three touchdowns is like your just your baseline great game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three touchdowns, no interceptions, three hundred yards. Good yeah. day at the office. Yeah, fantastic. And could could have won it. It wasn't as if he was putting up points in garbage time. They really were close at the end. Yeah, really, really were close. Uh, other surprisingly good teams for me. I mean, it may not come as much of a surprise, but as we predicted, the Colts are still good without Andrew Luck. Let's go. Yeah. My Colts. Your Colts. No, I'm off them now. You're we'll off them. That in a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the Colts are still good without Andrew Luck, which I think maybe when people reacted quite hastily to the retirement news and were like, oh, well, next year they're going to have to find a new quarterback and et cetera, et cetera. But Brissett has come in there. He's playing well. He's, Very well. He's, he's, service, he's more than serviceable, and they just had that talent around them on both sides of the ball. They've really, what are they, 3-1? 2-2? 3-1, yeah. 3-1, three one. No, they're 2-2. 2-2. Oh, yeah, they, they should be 3-1. Yeah. Adam Vinatieri did not help. Oh, yes, he missed several extra points. So, yeah, uh, Colts are surprisingly good without Andrew Luck, and okay division for them as well. 
Yeah, they're looking good. Mm-hmm. They're they're in good shape. Um, I would say a team that I've been surprised by. We both expected them to be reasonably good. Uh, the the Bills. I've talked about them a lot. Yeah. I really like the Bills this year. Um, three and one could easily be four and zero, and on top of the division, that was anybody's game against the Patriots, who are incredible this year. Um, I've really been impressed with. We both thought that they were like maybe going to battle with whoever in that division and try and get a wild card spot. We were wrong. We thought the Jets were going to be better mm. than they are. Um, they they're like a legitimately intimidating defense. Oh, so not just not just. I thought they were just going to be above average in everything and and kind of get to nine mm. and seven. But that is an elite unit. Yeah. Like, no one can move the ball on them. No, and the thing is, like the later in the year you get, you don't want to go into Buffalo. Do you know what I mean? No, not at all. Um, you know, because it's, it's incredibly cold there. I just, re- uh, I've just received a message, very professional, but yes, uh, very distracting. <laughs> no, you do not want to be going into Buffalo in like December. Yeah, and you're. I don't know. Come up with something off the top of my head. Tampa Bay and you're. You're Tampa to... <laughs> Bay and you're eight and six. Yeah. And you're like, man, we really need to win this game. Mm, no, this uh, is not going to be good. Yep. And again, if they get a wild card spot, I wouldn't want to face them. As the Patriots would tell you, you don't want to face them in the wild card round. That would be a lot of fun if mm. we got Patriots Bills at some point in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Bills would be on it. <laughs> right. Uh, we were going to look at some teams that we thought were going to be good. Yeah. But have disappointed us, and I think you have. <laughs> you have one for us that you, your prediction was slightly off on and that's our Denver Broncos uh, as we've discussed slightly in this podcast already so don't go over it but they were, they got the uh, Bears previous defensive coach yeah. to their already almost elite defense yeah. and Brought somehow Joe Flacco I thought he could just be like a serviceable quarterback <laughs> you thought just, wrong <laughs> just run the show he's historically had great games in Denver yeah a, a marriage made in heaven. But they can't defend, and Joe Flacco is uh, really not going to win you a game by himself. Right. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible podcasting. They can't defend. But why? Because <laughs> I, I don't have any answers, so this is really the wrong thing to talk about. But, like, I don't understand why they cannot defend anyone. Yeah. Uh, they, they've, yeah, they've lost games they should have won. I mean... They're 0 4. They're 0 4. <laughs> They're 0 4. A, a team that we thought would be pushing for the playoffs. I thought they were going to make the playoffs. I absolutely thought they were going to make the playoffs. I'm well, out. I didn't have them, but I certainly had them in the you know, in the hunt graphic that yeah. <laughs> that they made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, other lost other, season. Absolutely lost. Other somewhat disappointing teams. The Chargers. Not disappointing in terms of how well they've played, just disappointing in losing games as they always do for stupid reasons. I'm not disappointed. I, just, <laughs> I expect this every yeah, year. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Oh, we've, I think we've talked about this on here before. We've definitely talked about this before. I've just gone beyond <laughs> in my life ever predicting what the Chargers are going to yeah, do because yeah. I'm wrong every yeah. time. Yeah, there was, a, there was a run where, like, because Calm, a big old man, Philip Rivers fan. Always has been. Love it. And uh, he used to always predict the Chargers would make the playoffs. And like when we when we first sort of began our obsession with the NFL, Callum would predict we'd always predict the playoffs every year at the start. And Callum would predict the Chargers every time they'd never make it in. The one year he changes. I even made like a whole spiel about how I wasn't picking them and how it yeah, was a very difficult decision for me. And then of course they make the playoffs Obviously. that very year. So uh, yeah, they can never disappoint me now because I don't expect anything <laughs> from them. I just see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, just we're uh, running quite long. Oh, are we? We're, we're oh, geez, running, we're running fifty-five really minutes already. Let's get out of here quick. Uh, so, but we better just say personally, our biggest disappointments are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not entirely their fault, but we due, really thought they were going to be good due to injuries. And yeah, they, they've their season's almost over. Well, unless they beat the Ravens this week. Uh, also, I just quickly wanted to give a shout out to some rookies who have been good uh, the first quarter of the season. Devin Bush for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Daniel Jones, quarterback for the New York Giants. Garden Minshew, our favourite on this podcast. Uh, Josh Jacobs from Oakland, who's almost leading the re- league in rushing yards. Yeah, very impressive. And Hollywood Brown, who says connection with Lamar Jackson has just been electric this year. Yeah, hopefully they can keep it up, but hopefully not this week. Yeah, we plan to give you stats and stuff from them, but really you don't want to listen to us for over an hour. So let's move on to the lines. Yes, let's r- close it out. As we usually do, we've uh, la- we predicted last week a few of the games. We each picked three uh, in the plus... Uh, plus minus yes in the plus minus stats and uh, we were tied going into this uh, I won week one you won week two 
Uh, we tied, we in, tied week in week three. three. So yeah, we're we're, we're tied. Uh, so here's the results from week four. From week four, uh, I had Tampa Tampa Bay. No, wait. This is my predictions for this week's lines. <laughs> Let me just. Uh, so I for last week I had the Colts favored by seven points against the Raiders, which the Raiders won that game. So I lose that one for sure. Very disappointed by the Colts. Uh, I had the Chiefs. Minus six over the Lions ended up being wrong. It was a tighter game than yep, I thought. So yep. that's, I'm over two so far, and keeping me in it by a point. Bills plus seven versus the Patriots lost by six. Oh, so you they just, cover. Just squeaked it. They yeah. cover in that in that game. So, so I I'm one for three in week four. After spoiling my predictions for uh, this weekend, my my picks from last week were I had Dallas minus two two point five against New Orleans, and they were beat, beaten by two. But it was a mistake. I had Carolina, Carolina uh, the Panthers, plus six against Houston, and uh, they managed to beat them by six, I think. So yep. they covered that by 12. And I had Jacksonville plus eight at Denver. That was a close game, so Jacksonville got me for that. So week four goes to me. You take week four. You need this one. Week five's a big one. Listen, I want to stay in this. Uh, I feel terrible about my picks, if that helps at all. Yeah, no, it was a really difficult... Um, there's a lot of weird One teams playing this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like teams that you don't... Other, other than the games we already talked and they're about, all oh, there's a lot like of teams right, you never really think of them playing yeah, each other. They're all kind of right on that line as well of... Like, I could pick either one. But uh, yeah. I, I've, I've kind of settled on three that I think I'm quite happy with. Because of the amount of points and yardage they've been putting up, I Tampa Bay are plus three and a half uh, in New Orleans. And because of how they didn't... Whoa. Because of how they didn't move the ball... Uh, against the Cowboys I think that Tampa Bay will cover that I mean they might lose but I think it'll be close because New Orleans just don't have Drew Brees at the if moment if they can score early like they did against the Rams yeah. then the Saints will have no way of coming yeah, back yeah precisely because so, they can easily just get a 80 yard touchdown at any point with these two receivers they've got not a bad pick at all um, I'm for my first pick I'm going with a matchup of two winless teams oh uh I got up at 5 a.m. today to watch the Steelers and the Bengals play. I was very happy with my Steelers, but I was also just shocked at how bad the Bengals actually are. Oh, yes. Which is why I am picking in Cincinnati this weekend, first overall pick, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals pick up their first win. I can Uh, definitely see that. That's a good shot. Taking a big gamble here because they're actually favoured. It's Cardinals minus four. In Cincinnati, do you think they'll beat them by a touchdown or something? Absolutely, I think. Yeah. I think it's time. Uh, I think we, that offense is finally going to take off against a really criminally mm. bad secondary. Um, you got to give yourself some reason to care about that game, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Might as well bet on it. Uh, right, my next. I've got a game, one of the games of the the old weekend with Dallas going to Green Bay. Dallas minus. Oh, Dallas minus three and a half. I'm taking. Nice. I think Dallas beat Green Bay. Uh, at home sure That's yeah. that feels like a, a line where they don't really know what to do yeah. quite often they'll just give the home team like three, three points yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah I can see it happening uh, I mean obviously not a great performance offensively from Dallas this week and Green Bay are going to gonna put up points but I just I just really I'm feeling this Cowboys team and I think that lack of pro- that lack of production was more of a blip than the rule I think so yeah I, I'd say they beat Fair enough. I say they beat Green Bay by six. Uh, I just want to quickly say of my first pick, I knew I liked that for a reason. I'm wrong. It's Cincinnati are favoured by four points at home. Oh, so, yeah. So I really like the Cardinals because uh, I think they're going to win. But you would have taken them even if it exactly. was the Cardinals. So let, that, let that be an example yeah. of how confident I am in that one. Yeah. Uh, my next one, you know I love the Bills. Anytime I see the Bills getting points, I'm going to take them. They're uh, plus three. They're going down to Tennessee to play the Titans. I think this line is a bit of an overreaction to a good Mar- Marcus Mariota performance at the weekend. He had four mm. touchdowns. Great game from him. I don't think that's going to keep up against a phenomenal Bills defense. And if I can get a free three points for them, I'll take it. So it's Bills plus three at the Titans. I'm taking that one. I like that. I'm not. I uh, I do like that one. I, we've got three different ones again, which is fortunate. My my last one here is uh, San Francisco versus Cleveland. Nice. San Francisco were uh, minus three and a half uh, uh, at home against Cleveland. Uh, I really think that Cleveland have struggled this year when against strong defences. They really weren't uh, against the Ravens. Well, the Ravens, especially in that game, didn't show them much. And I, the San Francisco defence so quick 
they have struggled a bit with turnovers, but I really would say that Cleveland are gonna fall off. I was a big proponent of them at the start of the season, but I don't. I didn't see that win as like a, a coming out party. Oh, I, really? I, I saw that as more of an, an exception to the rule. So yeah, I'm taking San Francisco to beat Cleveland. I like it. Uh, I'll make my last pick. This is more of a a heart pick. I won't lie. The Steelers. Over the uh, what's what's the spread? Plus four. Playing at home against the Ravens. That's a good bet because I swear, even when the Steelers have been good, the Ravens have been bad. Those games never are. It's always, they're always three close. points. Yeah, three points. It's always, always three points. Yeah. So even if they lose, I think I'm in the money. And let it be known. I fly out on Friday. I'm going to be at this game. Oh, yes. We, we haven't told the viewers this. So uh, next week, there may. when are you back? Uh, two weeks or something. We're going to try and see if we can get something happening. But if via, not, via phone, but we're not we're not great with technology. So we'll see, we'll well, see, uh, we'll yeah. see how it works. If not, we're I'll not just, entirely sure how it works. So we'll see if it does. Yeah, but, yeah um, if not, I'll just come in here and rant for a bit while I've at the weekend. I yeah. love that. Um, yeah, so if I'm going to be in attendance, then you better believe I'm going to back them on this podcast. Yes. Go Steelers. I am expecting a, a full review when you get back. Obviously. Thank you for listening, if you did. We'll be back soon with more of the same. See you next time.